Yeah, it's Draco McCoy, Bleeding Out Podcast. I'm back with another episode. Um, you know, just talking, talking with my people, talking to some to some good folks, man. Shout out my boy Thad McKee. Uh, um, got him on this episode. He's a local comedian, funny guy. Um, got a good podcast called Heart of Brunch that I was on, and uh, that's how I met him. So uh, I'm excited for y'all to hear. Also, you feel me? Do me a favor and and go and run up my inner peace 22 demo you know i put that shit on every time i get in the car i'm not gonna lie i just start flying shit crazy so um you know keep fucking with it we recording our next project now uh we got a bunch of shows coming up i'm not gonna lie we're gonna be in cincinnati uh pennsylvania um got a show coming up in st louis i know we got a nashville show we booked up so if you see a flyer, man, follow us on uh, Instagram and, and and fuck with the kids, man. We always going to post our shit. Also, you know, if, if you want to see us and we not coming around, let us know, man. Book Inner Peace or Drake on McCoy. I'm still a motherfucking rapper. I'm still the, I'm still the best. You know what I mean? Stream Half Dead Pariah. Man, fuck it. Stream A-Ton Gorilla and Skull Collector. I don't give a fuck, man. Just blast my shit, man. Turn me up. I am. I'm, I'm doing things, you know? Um, but yeah. I, I do appreciate y'all for tuning in one more time. Um, also, fuck, fuck me. Go stream Evergreen by Omar Apollo because it's a hit. It's a, it's a beautiful hit, man. Go stream uh, that new Yeet. Come on, stop fucking playing. Obviously, y'all know the stream, my boy Yeet, man. Um, and stream uh, um, Xavier Clark. He dropped a new album. Uh, that new Lucky shit is hard. Uh, stream Midwest, man. Shout out to Midwest. Um, and go ahead and cop you uh, some hats from from the homie. Just go to Instagram, type in Sky Parlor. That shit's hard as fuck. Whenever you see that shit drop, just go ahead and get it. You know? You know, that's all I'm gonna say. You know? And uh, shit, I got nothing else to bullshit with y'all about. So uh, thank you again. And uh, let's go ahead and start the motherfucking show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Draco in his in his motherfucker bleeding out all over the place. Uh, man, figuratively, not literally. You know, I'm with uh, somebody that I'm really, really happy to be speaking with today, uh, Thad McGee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are on his setup today. It's, it's not McGee, it's McKee. McKee, McKee. McKee. I was about to say something. Yeah. No, <laughs> no you're say good. something. No, uh, Dyke still has me on his phone as Thaddeus McGee because everybody thinks I say McGee. Well, that's what I thought when bro like said it and I kept trying to type it in on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, it's not coming it's up. Not coming <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, so... Bro is a comedian, podcaster, writer, and um, we are on his setup today because it's clean and my shit wasn't working. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. It's good to have you here. Yeah. How you feeling, brother? Man, it's been a crazy summer break. Yeah. Uh, I, I teach. And so right when I got off work uh, for the summer, I ended up going on tour and I've just been having a blast uh, ever since. That sounds great. Yo, what do you teach? I teach, I'm a career pathways instructor, so I call myself like a child shaman yeah. <laughs> for high schoolers. <laughs> That's tight. <laughs> yeah, I just like try to help them find their career or like what they, they're into. And honestly, what I tell them, attitude is like the most important thing. Um, you can learn these skills, but attitude's going to take you a lot farther than you could even imagine. So I really try to focus on that. Um, That's hard. Yeah. It sounds like... Um kind of exciting you know what i mean like watching people or you know giving them hope at least yeah yeah or teaching them how to do a resume or yeah. well shit yeah shit that people honestly i still don't really get, yeah you know what i mean and it's cool because i used to do a bunch of like career related shit when i was younger mm -hmm. especially like wanting to be in business yeah. and shit like that and 
I don't remember really coming out of that with anything besides like realizing I could do whatever I yeah really choose to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think that's important. I don't know. Uh, I kind of miss those job fair days and like trying to figure out what I wanted to go to school for right. and shit like that. Man, do you remember like those like tests? Like I would take a test to see like what I would be like your the aptitude test. And I remember I, the first time I took it, I was like in middle school. And I was so excited. Like, people were getting doctors and, like, lawyers when they were finished with theirs. I'm, like, I'm still, like, filling out the little bubbles of, like, what I like. Right. And then I finally got mine, and it, it said clown. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I I took it home. I, I showed my dad. He's, like, so what would you get? And then I was, like, that's I, that's not how my dad sounds, but in my in my head he sounds like that. Right. Like, what would you get? And I was, like, ah. That's how I sound in my head, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I'm, uh, I guess they said I'd be best as a clown. And they just started laughing for a long time. And I was like, yeah, I, I, like, I don't want to be a clown. Like, clowns aren't, like, you know, respected right. from what I saw. Um, but little did I know, it, it probably meant comedian. Well, the whole time, like, whenever I think of people, like, because I always wonder if comedians, like, came up as youngers, like, youngins or whatever in school and shit as the class clown. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's, like, a stereotype, you know what I mean? Yeah. I used to hate the word class clown because when I think of clowns, like, in medieval times, I think yeah. of, like, court gestures and shit. Yeah. And I don't know if that was, like, some fun shit to be, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, like, That'd be scary because, like, if the king didn't like you, like, you, you get... Right, right. you over there like, please don't. I, yeah. I swear I got another job. Yeah, <laughs> I like, swear I'm funny. I'm sure this will kill. This will kill. Right. Don't kill me. Right. This next joke's about to kill. You're going to love this. Exactly. I swear to God, bro, there's more. <laughs> Look, this is like only a part of this. I just started working this out yesterday. Yeah. Fucking, what, what do you think about the class clown shit? Like, you think that's accurate? You think like comedians like came up as class clowns or is Some that like them. stereotypical? Some of them. I think um, the at the heart, a comedian's an observer. So yeah. if there's a... There's probably a comedian watching the class clown like fall off his chair, and then he's saying something to someone like his friend by the side. Right. So like, you know, class clown might act up. Yeah, you got those as comedians, but there's different types. And I feel like I would mess around. Like, if you want to give me attention, I'll I'll mess around and and act up. Like my senior year, I'd fall out of the chair on purpose all the time because we had the substitute that no one respected. Right. So I would like come to school high i would fall out my chair um and yeah that was i was a comedian at that point but like i wasn't always acting up i didn't want all the attention well one attention is like it's it's such a, a chore you know what i mean yeah. it's like bro like either you got something in you that's just natural or like you just i feel like I've never had it in me to want attention but it sucks like when you want to be known for something you have to have to want the attention or have the desire to get it somehow. Otherwise, mm -hmm. like, no one's going to know that you're talented. Yeah. You know, and that shit sucks, you know. I think it's, like, also where you find positive reinforcement. So if, like, you excel in music in some type of way and people are like, oh, man, this is really good, people, you're going to start working hard at that. Like, oh, people like this and this gives me joy. So if you find something that other people like you doing and gives you yourself joy, then that's the perfect match. Well, see, that's why I like to surround myself with, like, people who hate on the shit that I do. Because mm. then, like, because the homies, they'd be like, man, that shit's ass. Or they'd be like, whatever. So then I'd be like. All right, if I can impress these four niggas, yeah, then I'm yeah. good, you know. Yeah. Then I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'd be like, bro, the homies told I me it's fire. The, the challenge, the yeah. challenge, man. Well, because you get people who just like they mm -hmm. surround themselves with a bunch of yes men. Like, just yeah. imagine if everybody just told you you were funny forever. Oh, that would suck. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. You you always want to break a new barrier. Like a track runner doesn't like beat its personal best and right. then just stop. They just keep trying to go and see what they could do. I remember like I had this uh, TV show in high school. Yeah, like it wasn't. I didn't have my own. TV. It was like announcements, and we had like video productions, and I would just do like the silliest stuff. I would like go out on the streets, ask people with this big microphone, and like I'd like wear like a crazy hairdo <laughs> and like dance around and ask them about the weather. And be I, I had the character's name was Pop and Night. And people, I would would see it on Fridays because we'd release it, and then they would. I'd get feedback on like what I was doing. Like, man, you're funny. We didn't know you were funny like that. Yeah. And so I started being known in high school as really funny and creative because every time I was putting something on the video screen, I was getting feedback for, oh, did you guys like this? Like, oh, I liked it when you did this. So I started getting this feedback at an early age of what was funny and what wasn't funny, what people liked and what people didn't like. And it was funny because I went to a mostly white high school. So it was even people that were just racist to me or like were were mean, like or, or people that didn't even like mess with me yeah. started showing me respect. And I was like, oh, this is something. Yeah. <laughs> like Well, that that is like how shit goes, right? Like people yeah. who wouldn't fuck with you yeah. ever, like they're gonna like the music or they're gonna like the content. Right. You know? you're gonna so have you think to. like your your career kind of stems from early content creation? Or oh yeah. Were you like before that, like, oh, I'm a funny guy, I wanna be funny? Or did it just start with like the outlets that you had in school? Man, I think I've always just been a creative. Yeah. Uh, as even as a kid. I remember in fifth grade we had uh, a book report to do and I didn't wanna like have to write. So I was like, What if I just like shot uh, you know, an adaptation, a screen yeah. film? Yeah. Of my 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 classmates acting this book report out, so like it was the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, and I gave them all a script and I wrote what I wanted to do, and I I, re- I had this film recorder and I, I I taped them doing it. It was horrible, but like that was what I turned in for my book report because I wanted to do something different. That's tight. So like I've always been able to see. I've always looked at something the other way. I used to be like that too. You know, I used to like the idea of being in film. Uh, I used to fuck with Nick Cannon heavy when yeah, I was younger, and yeah. like once he started getting big, and I saw like Wildin' Out, and then he had this show called Short Circuits, which was like a like a short bit comedy type shit, right? Yeah. They was just like making these skits, and then I was like, I, I think I want to try to do that, mm-hmm. and so like I had this like camera that my mom gave me, and I made like a bunch of like home videos that like. Now it's fucking fried, you know? Yeah, but it's yeah, just, yeah. like, me trying my hand at, like, making these little skits and shit. That's dope. Yeah, and it's, like, if I wasn't making music or something else, like, I probably could find myself doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Anything. It's, like, that feedback that sometimes we want. And I love that you said, like, people that, like, didn't like you at first or, like, they pushed back. Yeah. And then you would try to prove them wrong. And, like, you're in this, like, process right now where you switch genres mm-hmm. with your music. And yeah. I, I'm very curious about how that's going, like, with you. Because, like, okay, so let me let me take it back. I, I, I liked what just Drake did just recently. Um, the dance album? The dance yeah, he did a house album. Yeah, the house album. A lot of people hated it. And I... And and I, and I understand because like people's mindsets were like, oh, we just want to see him do hip hop. Well, it's like we're getting a Drake album. It's like you want a Drake album. Yeah. Every Drake album has like he has some really rappy shit, and then he got like damn near trap shit, mm-hmm. and then he has like R and B joints. We're like, mm-hmm. all right, boom, we get that cover art. It's like I get it. This is gonna be hard. Mm-hmm. Every single song ends up, and it's like damn, bro, that's crazy because that's like a lot of songs, you know. And it's like, all right, cool. I saw where people were at, but then I saw like two different things too. Because my only comment was like, 
this nigga Drake think we all on vacation right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm like, I'm not. I'm going to work. I don't feel like yeah, yeah. This, this ain't the vibe, you know? I feel you. I was on vacation when I heard it. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I was like, this nigga think I'm in Bali or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on a yacht. <laughs> That's funny, like, from where people heard that, too. Like, that is funny because I was in the museum. I was in the High Museum at uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And I was walking around looking at paintings and different pictures and different probably interpretations. Good. You're like, yeah, this is yep. And I had this in I had my earbud my air airpods in. Yeah. And I was I was having a blast. Some shit situational. But also seeing like so many people being like, uh, oh now all y'all finna be fucking with house music or like shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, y'all don't even know, you know, blah blah blah. I seen a bunch of people like advertising like, oh, this is how you really rap on shit. And it was like Azalea Banks. Like, <laughs> like people just posting cool shit. I don't know. But I yeah. like the fact that he could do that shit, and it should be more normal for people to try different genres and shit, you know? To switch up, you know? Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to be in a punk, rock, hardcore band forever. Yeah. Like, at least six years. Okay, so this has been something that's been, like, burning inside for a while. Hell yeah. Because I've been on the scene for a long time, and, like, all my niggas are in bands, you know? And mm-hmm. I've been, like, one of the only rappers in the city that, like, constantly has always done shows and I'll be like a rapper on the show with a bunch of bands, you know? And so it just felt natural, but I didn't want to fuck it up. And then yeah. like ask a bunch of people to be in my band. Right now I'd probably be in my fourth band by now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just a bunch of shitty bands. Like this one, they just formed it and asked me to be in it. And it just so happened to be like at least two people that I've always wanted to be in a band with. How do they know to ask you? I don't know. One of the homies, uh, Tyler Raider, he knew that I've been wanting to do it for a long time and so uh and then the guy his name's bill stacks i love bill stacks mm-hmm. he's been around forever he fucking uh recorded the joint and mixed it for us but um i was like yelling at him about it one night like playing him a bunch of shit that i like i was like i need to be in a fucking band bro like, you're gonna help me you're gonna be in the band let's go <laughs> yeah i don't know it just happened bro they kept on asking me to like uh like i'd be drunk as fuck i see my boy tyler out and he'd be yeah. like yo like I need you to like hop on a on a song on me and my new band. I figured I'd be like on a feature, and they mm-hmm. sent me like four songs, and nobody else was on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess I'm in a band now. <laughs> Man, yeah. Now, now, how's the crowd's been different? I know this is your interview, but I'm just curious. Like, well, because like, you know, going back to what we said, it's like, you know, when you're dealing with people, I was telling them, I was like, yo, they want to go on tour and shit like that, and I'm like, bro, I'm really not trying to be in a situation where I'm around a bunch of racist people, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like. Like the nigga that's there, you feel me? Because mm-hmm. I'm all the way niggaed out. Like I'll turn this motherfucker up. Somebody try to fuck with me, you know what I mean? But they're like, nah, bro, it's cool. Like this is like the type of crowd. Like these type of people, they're they're not like that. This is a progressive scene. I'm like, all right, that's that's what's up. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But as you know, and you know, we do live in fucking Indiana. <laughs> but I feel like this has been the most love that I've gotten from anything that I've done so far because, like, the the, the scene is. Uh, you don't really have to prove yourself if you're in a band like that unless you really suck. And then people are going to be like, wow, I'm shitty, I heard that, you know? Mm-hmm. But for us, like, the scene already like me. That's great. The music's good. But then, like, even if niggas have known me for, like, ever with the rap shit, if I stand in front of a big crowd of rap fans, even if they're all from the same punk show, they're going to sit there and they, they just look at you if they don't know you. just like, I don't fuck with this nigga yet. This nigga going to have to make me fuck with him. You yeah, feel me? Yeah, yeah, And then at the end of the show, they're going to be like... I was like, that's great. <laughs> that's what's up. Like, 
all right, nigga, keep doing your thing. But until everybody fucking with you, it's like, this nigga cool. He all right. As long as you're yeah. not ass, you cool. But I've never been ass at anything. <laughs> there you go. In my head. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're your own self-promoter. Yeah. But I, bro, I couldn't imagine, like, being a, a, a content creator and, and, I mean, having to make people laugh. That's hell to me. Like yeah. that's my personal hell. Sitting in front of people and just being like, "Oh shit, I got to entertain y'all now," and and it's not with music. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I've never thought about that because like a lot of times when you go up on stage, I've always wondered like what makes people go up there. Like everybody has their different reasons, but like what if you're not fun? What if you can't make people laugh? But everybody knows that feeling of making people laugh. But I don't I don't feel like everybody gets it. So like. It's like the way different people watch movies, right? Like, you can assume most people listen to music in about the same type of way. And I assume most people watch movies mostly the same way. There's going to be a bunch of people that, like, fall asleep on it or a bunch of people that care about, like, the angles and shit like that. Yeah. But for the most part, they're just going to consume it and walk away, you know? Most people don't even give a fuck about a plot a lot of times, especially if you, like, high as fuck or whatever. But, like, to make jokes that people get, man, that's, like... That's mad, you know? I go up there, everybody's, like, not worried about what I'm saying. Or, like, and they're like, yo, this sounds cool. They're just bobbing their yeah, heads. Yeah, yeah. But I've, like, I'm a huge, huge fan of stand-up comedy. And mm-hmm. I'll try to, like, have that experience with somebody who doesn't really give a fuck about stand-up comedy. Yeah. That shit just doesn't get go over, you know, over well for everybody. It's It doesn't. And the, you can't. It's it's interesting because we are trying to force a reaction or or make a reaction. Hey, whatever I wrote, like I'm hoping you guys mess with it. And if you guys don't mess with it, I'm gonna get an instant feedback on whether that was good or not. Mm-hmm. And I and again, I think it really goes back to the feedback for me. Like I do like feedback. I, I like truth. I like finding stuff that is solid. Like oh, this is gonna be funny every time or every state that I go in. They're going to laugh at this. I love finding those little truths and and then that everybody messes with. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to go out there like preaching or whatnot. I just love like finding like joy and like a whole room film, film laughter and like getting that feedback with you. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like you're right. Like sometimes people could like listen to a new song and just be like, I vibed with it. Yeah. And then, and still mess with you. Like, I'm going to follow this dude. Yeah. And that's most people. Cause like a lot of people don't have it in them to just be like a super fan of some shit. If they just don't give a fuck about it, the average human being like likes a song by somebody and doesn't really know much else about them at all. You know? And like, you just got to come to terms with that shit. Like everybody's not going to be your biggest fan ever and blah, 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 you know? But then it comes with, all right, you know, everybody who is a fan of this type of thing, there's not a shortage of them, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you'll you find your way. It's just not, not going to be every person you meet, you know? Mm-hmm. What was the first example to you of, like, somebody who who was getting the reactions? You're like, I did, like, I want to be like that, you know? Man. I say, like, in comedy for myself, Bernie Mac. Yeah. I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, I used to watch the Bernie Mac show. Uh, my mom let me watch the Kings of Comedy shit. And, like, he just stole everything to me. I was like, yo, Bernie Mac is incredible. Like, what's your first experience seeing, like, uh, some type of content, either, like, a show or movie yeah, or whatever? I know absolutely who it is. It's Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Murphy's SNL, actually. Uh, I used to watch SNL a lot, and I would go to the video store and rent 
different stuff. And then Eddie Murphy's best, he plays this character called Buckwheat. And they do three different installments, different ways, interpretations of of him. Uh, they do uh, a mockumentary of the the Kennedy assassination on him. They do uh, him doing a sing-along musical. It, it, it was so funny and so ridiculous that, like, it blew my mind. Like, no one was talking to me like this. Grown-ups didn't bring up these things. But, like, I saw comedy for the first time, like, through him just being as silly as possible and i'm like man I, I love this and i would go and like act it out with my friends and like and tell them and re- try to recreate it just because like this is so funny and like you wanted them to understand yeah so like you would start acting like eddie murphy in different places i remember i had this teacher that was super cool like she was a substitute teacher and me and my friend matt uh <laughs> we were just hanging out we'd be class clowns together yes in middle school we'd just joke around all the time and she's like, all right, you want to come up and do that in front of the classroom? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, actually, we do. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, we just went up in the classroom. She just gave up and let us be class clowns and act up the whole time for the rest of the class. And she was crying. Like, I'm telling you, her eyes were tearing up. Yeah. She was laughing so hard. And the class was laughing. I remember like it was just like everybody was brought together in that classroom through laughter and oh my gosh it's almost making me emotional to think because i almost forgot about that moment man but so your memory is like crazy bro i'm not gonna lie yeah i, I mean i've been told that and yeah. i believe it so yeah. i'm not gonna have false humility false humility about it i do have a good memory guys yeah no remember, you, remember that you're putting yourself <laughs> but, back in that room right now yeah i did I was, but like i just remember we we made this joke about it was Joe Hoskins too. Uh, I don't even know why I said his last name, but um, <laughs> shout out to Joey. <laughs> okay, man, <laughs> Matt Ryan and Joe Hoskins. I was I was in the classroom with them, and we were just like, we had this joke. It doesn't even matter. Like, but like everybody was having fun, and so taking that back and seeing everybody come together and and crying, laughing, uh, it, it was like that was the first time you killed. When you kill in middle school, yeah, you're you're not gonna forget comedy. Like it was like that's what you. That spirit came alive. So now, Eddie Murphy what, was like, it. <laughs> when I first started my career, because I say like my whole path is like it's. I'm not going to start it with from when I dropped my first tape. You feel me? Like I mm-hmm. feel like my career started when I started rapping, and that was like fifth grade. So I feel like I've been a rapper my whole life, you know. Uh, but like for you, when would you say is like the first time you're like, all right, I'm about to, I'm about to take this like serious, and and this is who I am now. Uh, did that yeah. was that maybe still in high school or did that happen afterwards? And um, I went to ministry school uh, after high school. What's ministry school? Like I was thinking about being like you know like a missionary or a preacher. Oh word, like that. word. I was, like that's like that was where my mindset was. Why? Um, why? I, I I just had like a crazy awesome experience in church. Yeah. The community it was great. Um, I, I ended up. It was just like it was just like a, a finding God moment. Like I remember, I told like my parents, "I, like, I smoke weed." I'm sorry. That's like <laughs> the I was like just trying to come, you know, just be be as real as possible. Yeah. So I, I just went in the ministry and um, I went to Haiti. Nice. You're Haitian. Yeah, I'm Haitian. Oh um, hell yeah! So I went back to my home country. I uh, started a non for profit there and came back. Um, that didn't go as expected. Uh, a lot of things. That's a whole other story. Um, had a job, 
found a different job, ended up being a janitor. And I was thinking like, man, I went from like leading a organization to sweeping up you know, floors and cleaning up toilets. And I was like, I know, I knew there was something else in me that I had. Cause like, I felt like I, I, like I hit a top, like I'm doing this like cool stuff right now. Yeah. I love to do that's a part of my heart. But like that, that hit like a wall at a certain point. Cause like I saw, like I couldn't go forward anymore. What was the goal? Like, what was the situation? Do you want to talk about it? It wasn't even a situation. I think my, like, I think I was just young and I saw like different hypocrisies, mm-hmm. um, in, in the organizations. And I was like, I just didn't want to be a part of it. What, whatever hypocrisy it was, I'm not trying yeah. to like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't got to blow it. Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I try to, for some causes you know but like i remember not to like meme anything out but like remember that joseph coney shit that like mm-hmm. everybody like just started like buying stuff for and and you know did a whole bunch of stuff and i don't know whatever happened to it but like that was just one of those things where i just remember like uh feeling some type of way about something that was not, yeah. not here you know yeah 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 but i don't know i don't know what it's like to to have that that um impulse to leave to go actually try to help something yeah like it was it was a part of my heart man like it was it was literally a part of my heart where i wanted to like see haiti be successful like Mm. i wanted to see the the area bloom where you're planted i wanted to see my area that i was helping be good and like and i saw a lot of good stuff but like when i found out that i like that was like the peak Mm. like not the it wasn't the peak like it's it's never the peak i always want to help out haiti in any way I possibly can. But, like, I realized that wasn't, like, what I was best at yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. At 22. Now, could I have grown and kept doing it? Yeah. But I feel like I hit a wall at a certain point, and I found myself. Uh, I was working in a factory helping this lady that was pregnant out do a do a, um, janitoring because she had to do uh, leave. Yeah. So I had to take over. And I'm just wiping up toilets and thinking, like, you know, I'm mean, no disrespect to being a janitor, but I was like thinking, like, what else can I do? Like, what what else can I do that's going to fulfill me? And what could be what could be fun? I was, and I thought comedy is crazy, right? Yeah, shows comedy. And so, like, I just I said, I'm moving to Indianapolis. My friend, where were you, Justin Flanagan? He said, I got a spot for you. Where are you living? I was living in Fort Wayne. Oh, I'm from Fort Wayne. Yeah, well, I was I was living in Columbia City at that point, but like, yeah, All right. you know where it's at. Yeah right next door so i i decided i was like you know what this is what i'm about to do i'm going to uh i'm going to try to do comedy i'm going to try to do stand-up comedy i moved here like six months didn't even hit an open mic i was i was just like trying to work i already had a job lined up things were great uh, my friend was letting me live with him for free for a little bit and so just until i get on my feet mm-hmm. and then i started finding open mics and started going and finding the community and that's where i just started doing comedy and I Tight. and I love I love that I chose to do it because I understood a, a a different sense of community. Artists have a crazy sense of community, and it's like if if, if someone's looking for acceptance, go to an art community, and that's where you should find it. Mm-hmm. That's where you should find it. You, you hopefully, if you're in the right place, but yeah. you know that's why people, if they can't find it, they just move somewhere where they yeah. know it's at. You know. Now, here's the thing: you got comedians that are going to roast the shit out of you. <laughs> you can't like if you just Aubrey like, hey, this is where I'm going to find find love. Like, no, <laughs> you got to bring something to the table. Yeah, I for mean, sure. There's some people that will roast. Yeah. Comedians are, are are rough. Like it's raw. Like if I'm if you come into a, a comedic room, like they're gonna like 
they're going to ob- observe you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be observed. Well, I say this. Like, I, I listen, I consume a lot of comedy. Yeah. Uh, and like, not like movies much, but like, I listen to about nine different podcasters that are all comedians. Yeah. Um, I listen to fucking uh, as many fucking Which one? stand-up fucking comedians. Right now, Shout I was out. just listening to, uh, hold on. I, I fuck with this dude's podcast, Andrew Santino. Andrew Santino, the whiskey, uh, whiskey ginger, ginger yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like, um, fucking, I like Brendan Schwab. I don't think Schaub, I don't think he's funny, but I like his like fight talks and shit. Okay. Fucking, um, oh, it's just a bunch of people, bro. I have way too many podcasts, but uh, I, I like comedians. You could never have too many. I, I like, well, <laughs> shit. It's not enough hours in the fucking day. Yeah. You know, just hear people talk bullshit all the time. But here yeah. I am. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if there was just a one podcaster that, like, just tied up, tied himself up to a bed? Right. And just, like, you know, he slept, woke up, and just talked. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like, much. well, he'd say so much shit that I wouldn't want to hear. Yeah, yeah, you know? it'd be terrible. I'd be like, ah, I don't like those opinions. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but no, nah, like, the, the one thing about it was, like, you know, realizing how much disrespect that they, I would be like, if I hung out with these people, I'd probably want to punch one of these guys. But they're actually just being funny and regular, you know. Yeah. Um, what was the community like for you when you came around? Man. Like, what was your first impression of well, it? Well, it was, it was a different scene back then. I um, know. I want to know about it. There was, there was people, people always educate me on the rap shit and yeah. rock shit. Yeah, there was people moving uh, to different cities that was uh, popular at that point when I, I came in there was just some comedians making their move to Chicago um, some to New York and some were moving back um, and so you you had leaders in the scene like Dwight Simmons you had um, Alex Price uh, you had a lot like you know Caitlin McPhee mm-hmm. like, there was a lot of showrunners in like a, a certain area and like they all ended up expanding and, and making their uh, platforms bigger. They they started their different open mics, different showcases. So within that two years, I started to see the scene grow and see them try to work together and try to, um, you know, make places for comedians to have uh, a place to do stand-up. So... What was your open mic experience? Was it like, uh, did you walk in like, all right, I'm going to just peep the shit first, go to a couple of these, just mm. check it out? Or did you like... Go straight to the stage. I I went straight to uh, I went straight to a place where it was like a dead open mic. It was a dead mouse. I think that's the what is that bar called? It's dead mouse. I don't know. I don't know. It's it a it's a stupid bar where no one was paying attention. I just did my jokes and like only one person gave me feedback. Nice. What made you do it again? Um, I just found out bigger places and better places to do it. And then I remember I went to the shoe fly and watched like that's where all the comics got together mm-hmm. it was at the shoe fly if you if you were doing real comedy you would go in that basement and you'd see all the comedians whether you were first timer or 10 15 years like you'd have people in this basement doing this comedy yeah and i was scared the second time because that was the second time i was going to go up i was like i can't do this yeah, like, this is real now. Yeah, because they were telling real jokes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they had formats. And I'm like, uh, Willie Bostick was like, do you want to go up again? I was like, all right. Uh, no, I'm not going up. He's all like, right. come on. He's like, I'll, I'll come back. So I came back next week, the next week, and started doing open mics. But it was really intimidating. There was a lot of, like, 
big names like or big people like in the scene so you're like you don't want to mess up or look stupid yeah i mean all right so did you have like one person that was like all right so this is that person uh, this person's the shit here this is what they do like because i had somebody that was like showing me around and like educating me on it you know what i mean it wasn't like something i had to figure out too hard you know i'm still like oblivious to a bunch of shit and you know kind of stuck in my own world but i would imagine that this is a scene that People are in and out of all the time. Am I wrong? Yeah, people are in and out of it. Like, you just have a mashup of different personalities. It's not like genres of music. It's like a lot of different people. So, like, I would I look at take advice from different people. I would say yes to some things, and some people would just have couldn't hear your voice. So, like, you shouldn't take advice from people that can't hear what you're trying to do with your comedy. Um, yeah. And sometimes it takes five years to find it. So those are those those beginning times are just get to know people and get to feel what it's like to stand up on a stage and talk in front of people. Now like, lately, what are some like, cause if I, I really want to get into comedians like locally, the scene yeah. and shit, like, I don't know. I just like what y'all got going on and I've been curious yeah. for a while, but I kind of like don't have that much time. And if I like do it, I want to like stumble into something that's really, I got to stop saying like so much. I want to stumble into something that's really fun and like, yeah. you know, I don't just do something and be like, fuck, I should have went. They're like, yo, you should have came on Thursday, bro. This is really the night to slide. Like, where should I start if I was to start, you know, getting into the scene here? I'm going to say this. Shout out to Black Circle. Go to Black Circle. Um, they That's right now, I think, the, a hub on the Sunday show. It's every Sunday, 8 o'clock. You show up at Black Circle. Um, it's I like a Black Circle. Great community. Like, everybody's great. Uh, you're going to feel comfortable. And that's where we have comedians come from all over the state. Yeah. And all over the state, uh, people f from Black Circle, like they'll tell you it's the best comedy show in Indianapolis on a Sunday night. Nice. You don't want to be like, and like, what else are you going to do? It's like people from Atlanta, Georgia that are like making it, you know, people with TV credits. And you're going to see people from TV shows yeah. come up on stage and just kill it. I like that. And unheard of people that you like, wait, who's this guy? Like, oh, now I just experienced this uh, new type of comedy that I haven't even thought of before. Yeah. It's, ama it's amazing. It's a fun time. Um, How did you come up with your style of, of comedy? Like, I stole how, it, How man. would you describe I it? I stole it, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, um, could you imagine if that's what it was? Like, I just copied. That's how people. it is with rap. That's what I do. <laughs> I do like, I, I'm like a Frankenstein. I'm like nine rappers. Oh, that's what it is, though. Yeah, it's like it, I, I want to sound like Future and then fucking Schoolboy Q yeah. and Pac. You know, I'm just all over the place. I mean, that's what it is. Like, because when you are writing your jokes, you hear the voices that you know. Yeah. So everybody is taking a little bit from somebody yeah. in some type of way. That's why when you go to one scene, they're all going to have a certain beat to them. Yeah. And, and then when you go to the other scene, like, wait, this is, I never even heard this beat before. So that's why it's good to get out and uh, find a, a more eclectic taste. You but, think your style's changed a lot oh, like, over time? Oh, 100%. I was trying to get on stage. I didn't want to be like anybody. I, I wanted to get on stage, and I wanted to sound like myself. Mm. So I try to take stuff from personal experiences so no one's going to copy off that one. And I wasn't afraid of people copying it. But two, I'm not going to be copying off other people. This is something that happened to me. Yeah. This is my interpretation. This is what I did. So that's where I try to start digging around. And then, yeah, you figure out different cadences. There's some things in, in comedy that are uh, going to be true in every situation. 
but sure. but yeah, that, I I try to be my voice, man. And like I'm sure like that's what you do with your music. Like even though you sound like somebody else, like sometimes, or you might sound like actually five different people, yeah. but it's still you. Yeah, I'm like, well, that's the only advantage you have in a market that's so saturated. You know, this yeah. a million rappers. I just be like, hey, look, they don't sound like me, dog. Yeah, you feel me? Like, listen to this. You know anybody with this voice? You lying to me right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, traveling. You know, you start doing shows here. You start picking up shit. When did you realize, like, all right, maybe this is something I got to start moving around for? Is that like a? Did you just start moving and going to other cities to, um, to see the scene, to start going to open mics, or was it something that people were asking you to do? What's it like when you want to start getting out of the scene after you're comfortable with it? Yeah, I mean, you, you travel, you go to the open mics. It was it's really fun. Like you, you start having friends in different states, like mm-hmm. that you're excited to see. And that's that's important. I went to Detroit the other day, the other day, <laughs> like three weeks ago, and I just got it to like see Detroit City, the heart of it, and like what it was like, and like experience it because I'm staying at someone's house, yeah, you know, and like and they're a comic, but I get to figure out what their job is and what they're into in their city. And Detroit, that's an interesting place because it's like coming back up in like a, a great way there's heard a lot of that. cool things happening there mm-hmm. and there's a b- actual pride there so like indianapolis like i tell you if you get sleepy on your pride for your city there's other cities that are getting happy about their cities too so the way you rise up is to keep putting out in your city or keep making events like i love the people that put on events yeah um, in their city like i gotta work with uh, uh this this one person that did a comedy show in shipping containers Hard. And, yeah, it was like this. Like the three one three is really got it going on. So, is there shit like that that goes on here? Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. For the comedy, sh- I mean, not for the for the rap shit. Um, Oreo Jones put on the Trees Festival, and Trees was fucking cool as fuck. You know, like nine venues, rappers going in all day. They had like people coming out to speak and yeah. shit like that. You know, uh, anything like that. Like. Um, I don't know, yeah. organizations and, and cool shit. Man, know, there's so much. There's so much. Like, the White Rabbit always is hosting something pretty cool. I you heard. go to the White Rabbit, they're always doing something. Um, Red Flag Comedy, they're always pulling somebody in and making a cool event. Let's Comedy in Indianapolis is, like, definitely a main staple that's been bringing headliners. Uh, you know, Kyle Kinane uh, was brought by uh, Cam O'Connor. Like, there's those th- these people, like... They do great things for scenes and like make a place for hundreds of people to hang out. Yeah. That's dope. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to put you on the spot and have you being like the spokesperson for all this shit. You know, but you're the first comedian that I've ever talked to about it. So I'm just curious. You know, yeah. um, your personal experiences. Like, um, um, what what was it like for you? You know, traveling around. Like, what was your favorite uh, experiences? Maybe like uh, for the best cities that you've been to and seen what they got going on or uh, your best time you've been on stage? Uh, this is a stupid What's my favorite? question with eight <laughs> questions involved. So you want to know my favorite time on stage? Just out of the city, like just somewhere else. Uh, you know, I, like I talked about Detroit at the Independent Comic Club, Comedy Club. That was one of my favorites because that's when I was starting to build more time and to see like what I had. Yeah. So I really like uh, spending time there. Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Dyke and I went on a tour to Atlanta, Georgia, and just had a great time, stayed with a good friend, and just got to experience the scene in different places. So we went to three different spots in Georgia, or four, 
Actually, we did. We hit actually like five different spots yeah. in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was like and got to meet the scene. Like, got to meet people there. So th- those are my favorite moments of of meeting people um, on stage when you just like have the jitters again because like all right, no one's seen me here, so I'm about to be able to be myself completely and 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 just let loose on this crowd. Yeah, and and they're gonna like those reactions are great, man. Um, Something that just happened just recently, uh, even here at my home club, uh, I was uh, hanging out outside and I was talking to this guy named Tony Woods. Now he was the <laughs> he was the mentor of Dave Chappelle. I did not know. I think but, I've heard that name before, but maybe not. Yeah, he's the mentor of Dave Chappelle, uh, a lot of different different people. And I'm hanging outside. I didn't even know he's a comic. I was like, "You do comedy?" I like got him and like he's like oh man he's like you're, you're killing me he's like you didn't know i did comedy he's like i was downstairs like oh how did that go he's like not that many people he's like oh he's like man well, i've heard his tony yeah was. i didn't even know who he was <laughs> and i was roasting him outside i was like that you know who you're talking to right now I'm like right. no he's like you want a guest spot <laughs> and, no way and i was like uh yeah so i was like i'm gonna do this now this, this story gets crazy i'm like i'm gonna do this guest spot so i come back the next day but I decided to bring this girlfriend of mine. I was like, oh, we're going to have a fun time. Yeah. I was like, don't be late. She was late to my house. I couldn't get there before they go on stage. Like, well, at least I'll talk to him. All, All right. right, this is my second tr- try with Tony Woods. I'll, I'll talk to him after and ask him if I could do a show the next day if he was still down. Well, I'm going up in line about to shake his hand, and there's this guy staring at me that I didn't know. And I shake his hand, and this guy interrupts, and he's like, hey, like what? Like why are you with my girl? Type thing. And I was like, oh, wait, shit. what? Tony Woods is like, hey man, I, I'm gonna go. He sounds like Dave Chappelle too. He's like, hey man, <laughs> this guy looks a little bit mad. He's like, he wouldn't even sell me a shirt, and so he walks away. Hell no. Nah. And so I'm like, uh, and this, I'm dealing with this. Dude. I was like, who is this shit? I don't know. So I was like, uh, we gotta go home. Right. He's like, so. I, I messaged her the next day. He's like, you just blew my shot with Tony Woods. I don't even know who that dude was, what was going on. Like, right. like I'm not even doing anything with like, her. Like, we're just literally friends. Right. Like, so this is bad luck. So if I tell Dyke, he's like, the third charm, third, uh, third take is a tar- charm. That's not. Uh, third time. Yeah, third time is a charm. Fuck around. Keep going. <laughs> Try again. Dust yourself off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fell there. I stumbled. All right. Uh, so third time, I went there and. They asked me to go on stage like five minutes before I even knew. Like, like I'm just watching. They they pulled me on stage. And that then, sounds terrible. And, and Tony Woods was like, he's like, man, that was like that was funny. Like, we got to mess around. I was like, like man, I got to talk to him. I was like, thank you. He's like, yeah. He's he was making fun of me about the night before. Yeah. So like, so he kept referencing that night. And like, okay, that's funny. So I'm outside. I'm like, man, that was really fun. All of a sudden, I see Mike Epps walk up, and Mike Epps walks through. He's like, where's Tony Woods? And I was like, what? And he's like, I was like, you better not take my guest spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instantly go ahead. <laughs> so he goes, we go back in the green room, we talk to Tony Woods, and like, I'm sitting there looking at Mike Epps, Tony Woods, who I just Googled the other night. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, like this, it was, it was a really surreal moment. And then I'm like, okay, Mike's going to go on. And Tony Woods had the heart. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, like we're still putting you back on. He's like, so I was like, "What? You're gonna go on stage?" So I got to go on stage again and hang out with them. It was just, it was just like a great experience. And like for comedy, like that's like I love those moments. I'm like, I dreamed of having those moments. Like, oh wait, I'm in a moment right now. How do you prepare for that moment? Bro? Yeah. Just like, do comedy. Like 
you just, you just do just comedy. It's on you. You're like, I know it's gonna hit right now. I don't. I don't know, man. It's just, <laughs> it's just awareness. It's just awareness. Is just. I think. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not anything special. I'm well, nobody can tell me to freestyle. Motherfuckers right now could be like, oh, you rap, bro. Like, where's the bar? Show me, and yeah. I'll give you a million dollars. I'm not rapping. It's not gonna happen. I'm not equipped like that. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it'd be like to be in front of Tony Woods, get the spot in front of Mike Epps, and then actually get it done. Man, I I mean, it's just muscle memory at at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. You got demons. <laughs> there, there's, I think it's just muscle memory. Like, and I'm not like again. I'm not like I'm not out here touring or anything like that on on, on like stages like theaters or anything like that. I'm not doing that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just out here doing my thing. Being so myself. tell me this. Um all right, so you find the community, you start traveling around, meeting comedians, doing your thing, you know, cranking it out, give you a couple years. Uh what is the the money aspect? How do you make money? I'm as so a rich right now, man. Like no, like how does it work cuz like I'm in a band now and I I had to quickly come to terms with the fact like, hey any money we make is going to the band fund, just so you know. We're not going to get a bunch of bread off of all this shit, you know, doing a bunch mm-hmm. of underground shows. I mean, it's, it's it's hardcore rock and shit, you know, punk shit. So, you know, I can only imagine, you know, gig work going so far for most people to a certain extent. But, like, do you see bread at, at, at shows like that, or, you know, how does it go? You have to. And, and I'm not saying it's crazy, but, like, once you, you do comedy for so long, there's this thing, you do comedy for so long, the reason why, like, once headliners get paid so much is because you've been doing it for free for so long. Yeah. So there's a lot of shows that, like, they're not going to pay that much, but you're getting that practice. There's some shows that pay a ton, and you're like, what, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, Right now, I'm not making my main living just off of comedy. I would love to. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I'm also a teacher. I also have, you know, uh, a, a job around the other seasons. But, um. Yeah, the, I mean, the money is always a little bit different. I think you should always get paid for what you do, and I think that's the sad part about artists. Like, it's so important for a culture, but we always put that last. That's true. We always pay them last. Yeah, well, and I think the cool thing about it is, like, with comedy, you have the opportunity to you know branch off into a whole bunch of other shit, especially after you make all the connections and shit like that. You know, it's free work until you're on set at a, at a TV show or fucking... You know, you get pulled on tour with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's a podcaster now, you know, so mm-hmm. that's like a whole nother thing. People get sponsors, all type of shit. Uh, I like your podcast a lot. Thank that you. Harder Brunch was fucking awesome to do. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. All right. What got you started I on gotta, that? How long you been doing that? I, do have a que- I have a question for you, though. Go. Because, like, I said that about the the money, like, we should pay artists earlier, but then I started thinking, like, Thaddeus, is that true? Do you think, do you yeah, think, I think so. that makes people, though, hungrier for what they have inside them? Does that draw more out? I don't know. You know? I think if... Here's the thing, right? Uh, if it was easy, then I feel like people wouldn't want to spend their money on it. What do I want to say right now? I'm thinking, like, because everybody can do what we're doing, right? Like, it's so easy to make music, so easy to start a podcast, so mm-hmm. easy to have jokes, you know? So, in a, in a way, 
if we want it to be something that people pay a lot of money for, there has to be some type of you know exclusiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, all right, well, Dave Chappelle is the ones that gonna get the mm-hmm. millions, and you got to work hard to be mm-hmm. in that if you want to do it. But also, and he also had that carrot dangled for a long time, yeah, to make yeah. him stronger. He had to work really, really hard. It's yeah. like my mom was like, "Yo, you know, you you want to be a rapper, but realize Drake's been famous and Lil Wayne's been famous." For a really long time, and yeah. you finally see them hit like a billion. But you know, niggas been huge since you were a child. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like really think about the fact you're on a ten year run with whatever you want to be yeah. successful at. And so it's like, all right, cool. That shouldn't be ignored. It shouldn't, you know. But also at the same time, uh, there's so many people whose creativity is stifled because they can't focus on it because they don't have the money to get mm-hmm. their the shit out of their head or yeah. they don't have the time because they have to work two jobs. And I mean, mm-hmm. shit's too hard. So I feel like, yeah, bro, I don't want to work for, you know, eight years straight and still be getting a hundred dollars yeah. for a show, you know, right. like that's lame as hell to me. But And then there's also the opposite where like you have so much money, you can't be creative because now you're rich and famous, you made it. And so you start putting out crap yeah. because you're not as hungry. And I think, I think there'd be a lot more pretenders if the money came back quick. Right. Well, you that's know? what I'm saying. Like, but also, you know, it, a lot of this, so much of this shit is luck and time and, you know, opportunity that like the most talented people who put in 10,000 hours still just may never get lucky. And then they just yeah. going to be like that guy, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's different from like, you know, you got four years to be the best high school player and then go into college and then you can hit the NBA, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're 28 now. You can't hit the NBA or some yeah, shit, yeah, you know? Yeah, that, but, like, yeah. you can start doing something tomorrow and, you know, eight years later be the best at yeah. it and just live in fucking Utah or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. good luck. But, you know, thankfully we got, like, the internet and shit like that. And, you know, there's other ways around it, but... Yeah, I feel like if it was so easy to make money, I'd be a comedian then, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it'd be like, fuck it. I wouldn't be that good. Yeah. And I'd still be getting paid. But <laughs> also, I know a lot of paid shitty rappers. Yeah. Let's think, name names. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm playing with you. Look around you. <laughs> uh, fuck. No, nah, but um, what am I thinking? I, 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 I fake have questions here. I try not to, like... Uh, dive too into you know i'm 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 gonna map this whole thing out and sound like a robot you know but i'm having fun man i have ad all the d's and it's fucking well pause (laughs) so yeah we're cool like we're in my house we're chilling um i'm having fun thank you all right so boom you're a writer what does that mean it's on your on your in your instagram bio yeah so i uh had a youtube channel yeah so uh i like to write skits i like to write different sketches and so you have to write that down. And then um, at one point, I would love to, you know, sell a sketch. That'd be tight. Would you ever act? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I'd be a terrible actor, but I want to do it so bad. I think you could be taught. What if you just act like yourself? I could do that. There's some people that can't, though, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I think you can. I think um, you can. Let me tell you what would stop me from being a rapper. And tell me how you feel about this shit, right? And I, it's a crazy. I, I was, like, pissed off. I was drunk. And for some reason, I got into this bag about, like, how I'd love to be an actor, like Method Man. I love Method Man. So, you know, I'd be like, oh, that nigga, he did it, and it's tight, so I know I can do it. But I don't know any rappers with the high-top dreads that I have. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Did I say actors or rappers? 
I don't know any any anybody in film that just has this haircut, right? Yeah. And then I started thinking about it, like, all right, how? Because I was watching The Walking Dead, and they had everybody with fucking uh dreads had the yeah. dread wig on. It's disgusting yeah. looking. I was like, yo, nobody in this motherfucker really has dreads. That's weird how they keep on like fucking that up, but whatever. Yeah. The dude has like a. You know, Tyler Perry movie or some shit and got like these big goofy looking fake braids or yeah. some shit. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But shit just had me thinking about like uh, if I can look like the way I look yeah. and be in movies. You know, I was like, all right, name like five people who have dreads and like didn't just have them for the role. And then like somebody's like, oh, Whoopi Goldberg. I'm like that was really Man, that's good. A, like, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that shit, you know. But then they're like, "Oh, Michael B. Jordan uh, and fucking Black Panther," and it's like, yeah. "Yeah, he did that shit for one role." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's something that is actually possible for me. I have to get a fade and get some motherfucking or rock a mini fro or some yeah. shit, you know? Man, that's such a black thing to think about, though, too. It is, it's a hundred thousand percent always on my mind. The fact that I'm a nigga, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because you got dread. Yeah, I, I, I have thought about that too. They're gonna with, make with you acting. cut that shit. They're gonna make you cut it, and it's like, it's like, but like, how important is my hair at that point? You know what I mean? Like, if if I I'm getting paid, I hate that. I'm getting paid, man. Uh... Dude, I I feel like I hit a bone, and I, like let's let's go there. If if for me, if if I'm getting a movie role, that's gonna pay me like fat. How important is my hair at that point? Can I grow it back? Now nah, it's a movie role, so it's like all right, bet. You know, I I don't I don't. This is the character, you know. So I get it, but also, when does that character change? You know, why isn't that character able to have dreads you know it's like what what is the aim here i, I was looking at um uh it was like this wrestling thing right uh this dude that like got Booker t on this cover of this magazine and how hard he fought for it's like a tweet but he's like i fought really hard to get booker t on this cover of this magazine and wwe didn't want me to do it because uh the sales would tank and mm -hmm. he's like, that's exactly what happened. And I yeah. fully regret it. But also, like, I'm happy that this was able to happen. But, like, down south, nobody bought that fucking WWE magazine because Booker T was on the cover, you know? And, like, uh, actually, I try not to listen to any um, interviews by you. But um, the first one that I saw on, your, on YouTube was you talking about being adopted, mm -hmm. uh, which... Yeah. You were adopted by white parents? Yeah, yeah, being adopted by white parents. Then you went to school with all white kids, yeah. you know? And I assume, you know, now that you're in this comedy scene, you probably, I mean, everyone's comedian. I don't think it's like a super one-sided type thing, but, you know, it is w still based on where you go or what type of shit you're into or who you mm -hmm. know. You know, you end up in situations where it's all white people or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. And, you might get put on the next popping TV show that's mostly for a white demographic, and they're like, "Well, first things first, how much do you love your hair?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for I mean, people change their hair all the time, and like, and I think for some people, if that's that important for you, then then don't make that move. But for me, like, if they ask me to cut my hair and I'm going to get paid a million dollars, I'm probably going to do that. Like, I mean, right now, like, I have it dyed. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix that. Like I don't even like how it's died right now. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, you know what? Why I even start growing my hair too? Why? Do you want to hear that? 
a homeless man told me this. This is going to sound crazy. But, like, a homeless man, I was talking to him. And he was like, man, like, because I was growing my hair out a little bit anyway. He's like, he's like you, you need to do something with your hair. And, and he's like, you got to stick out somehow. Now, I remember him saying that. I was like, that is true in some ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they're in, in, in the entertainment, he's like, if you don't pop out somehow, how are, how are they going to see you? Now, I think the core of me, the, the heart wants to pop out. I don't, I don't want my look to be what gets me made. Right. right? But I, I saw what he was saying. And I was like, I, I liked it. And I started growing it. And then I started loving the dread journey. I started loving growing the locks and understand that there's a process. There's an ugly phase that you have to go through and get through. And like where no one like kind of like everybody looks at you like you're messy. That's I had to go through that. Well, I hate that shit. Like the, 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 the being like. You're not looking professional or you look dirty. Yeah, you know? but do you remember that part where it's like, it like, man, it's not looking like I want it to. Yeah, my in between stage when it was like not going past my jawline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hated yeah, it. exactly. I was like, fuck, bro. Yeah, uh, it's a journey, and for it's sure. a process. It is a journey, so that I understand. Like when any time that I might have to be faced with doing that, that's going to be hard because I remember going through that. But like, it also builds character, and that's not what people don't understand. That like it. it the, the deeper part of that journey is the character that you go through. Right. Well, I think about often that dude from, uh, what's that show? Um, always sunny in Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, he said, hey, they himself. paid me a lot of money to get what he got. Like super fucking fat. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking buff yeah. as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. And he was dedicated to the art and yeah. like, and there's something that to respect about that. Not everybody's going to do that. It's insane, but that's why it's artistic because it's different. Right. Yeah. But also, you know, I do like the idea of changing the, the stigma of it because it's like, all right, I don't want to be the hard head nigga that don't get a movie role one day because I don't want to cut my dreads. But also I want some representation. I don't, I'm besides bro in that movie. Uh, and there's probably going to be like shit popping out, like whatever, you know, here and there. But I don't, I know way too many niggas with dreads to not see them on TV like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I think we're gonna be a gazillion niggas with dreads, and I can't name you any actors right now that just have dreads and never cut them for a role. Yeah, yeah. I think there needs to be more representation for that. I think it's gonna happen. I think um, right now uh, our culture is speaking out and being seen. And you see, I see a lot more black people on TV now. Yeah, I mean, and also like, it's it's so hard to ignore niggas, man. We're really good at shit. <laughs> I don't want to get into you know, I mean, being racist for a while, you know, because like everybody's good at something, but you know, black people are are really really good at the things that we do, you know, and it's a unique thing that can't nobody touch, you know, like black rappers, black comedians, black athletes, you know, what I mean, like it's something that you cannot. Uh, you, you can't recreate that. So you have to love us for it. You know, we're really good at a bunch of crazy. There shit. is something magic. Freak athletes, but they love Mike Tyson. They love it when it's like you know somebody that they're comfortable with loving already. You know, but why did you choose Mike Tyson? Because everybody <laughs> loves Mike Tyson. Yeah, who doesn't? He can get away with a lot too. Everybody loves Snoop Dogg. You know, yeah. that nigga, I mean, these are like people who have immortalized themselves. Like, they'll be around when the aliens come down 200 years from now, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's the ones that got the full acceptance from everybody else. But the next Snoop Dogg 
is I guess Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he's like immortalized himself now, and and it is you only get so many of those. You know, mm-hmm. you get like a gazillion everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is what it is. Now there's a bunch of other communities that still gotta get their shit too. You feel me? Like uh, shout out to all the Indians. You feel me? The Arabs and shit. You know, like it's a lot of a lot of shit that still mm-hmm. has to go down. But uh, you know, I I personally I want to see. I want to see myself not being afraid of opportunities because, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how they're going to make me change myself for it, you know? Yeah. So that, that's, that's something interesting to think about, I guess. Well, that's why you do what you love. And like, like, you know, you do your music, you don't got to change for music. Fuck no. You don't have to do that. Like, and then let's say one day, like things go really well. They ask you to be in a role. You could be in a role as yourself or this type character because they're thinking of you already. Post Malone. Yeah, he basically does the same shit every, every movie now. I mean, he's been in a few of them, but yeah, he, he, they don't make him cover up the tattoos and none yeah. of that shit. You know, yeah. I like that shit. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, hold on, I had another question about something else. Yeah, no problem. Uh, These are good questions, man. <laughs> I like to think I'm good at talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to get into voice acting one day, man. And you like, want to be a cartoon? Yes. I want to be in a few cartoons. Pixar? Pixar, are we talking Disney? I mean, I guess Disney yes, is Pixar. Yes, all of it. All of it. You know why I do Disney? Because, like, they, they always hire fucking... If you're in a Disney movie, you're going to sing at some point or, like, make a song. <laughs> yeah. And I'd love to do that shit. Do, like, the first, like, punk, like, bro, Disney song? That'd be so fire. Tell yeah. me it wouldn't be fire, bro. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I think... Dude. How about, like, we just speak it out here on this podcast right now. Yeah. You're going to do, like, an amazing punk song, punk song Disney star or Disney. Incredible. Start thinking. And, like, <laughs> and, like it's probably going to be emotional, too, because those Disney movies, they, they get to you sometimes. You ever seen Encanto? I haven't seen that yet. It's really good. Is you it should good? watch it. It's really good. And the album is slapping. Every single song on the Encanto album is a See? banger, bro. Okay, okay. Like, I actually play that shit often, bro. It's, okay. like, deep, too. Like, bro, they was in that motherfucker going crazy. I'm not going to lie. You ever, like... Like, see some shit, and you're like, man, I wish I was there when they were making that yeah, shit, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm nah. gonna, you got me excited. I'm going to listen to it now. Go for it, bro. All right, so look, uh, moving along on your career. How, how far are we on here? Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we got the uh, hour. All right, cool. Good. Good. If, I feel like this is cool. Nice and entertaining. Shout yeah, out to y'all. Yeah, listen to this. Yeah. All right, so. Um, yeah, we actually went over, so you could edit it, do whatever you want. No, no, I don't give a fuck. Um, so. I met you at the last podcast that we did, the Heart of Brunch podcast. I did not know anything about you. Yeah. And I was kind of I'm impressed, <laughs> to yep. say the least. Oh, that, thank you. So let me tell y'all about this, right? All right, I walk in the house. Shout out to uh, the homies and Clint and Seth. Uh, have it there like, all right, bro, you trying to you know, join me on this thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Sure, I guess. I don't really know what it is, but I've taught myself to stop saying no to shit because you just never know what's going to happen. So, boom, step up in here, and we're chilling, smoking, getting drinks and shit, you know, in your living room. And I just see this random white person. I'm like, (laughs) all right, he got, like, roommates or some shit. (laughs) And then I see another one, and then I see a lady with a baby, and then I was like, yo, what's going on? And I was just really confused. A lady with a baby? Somebody had a baby here. Oh. It was a lot going on. Yeah. And so I look in the back, and I just see everybody's cooking. 
And I thought like <laughs> I thought you were gonna be the one cooking. Yeah. Cause he's like, yo, he's gonna like have a meal or whatever, and like, we're just gonna like talk about it and eat it. And I was like, all right, cool. I won't eat breakfast. And you're like, yo, anybody allergic to peanuts or anything? I'm like, all right, I just won't eat breakfast. And then like he's like, I'm also like kind of stupid. So like I have like flyers at my own shows, and I don't. I, when I get there, I'm like, yo, who's performing with us tonight? Like I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know any details about shit. And he's like, yo, the menu's going to be crazy, bro. I'm super excited. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So you didn't even know what was going <laughs> no. down. And so when That'd I That would be down, alarming. Where I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And we sit down and it's like, it's so much food coming out. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? And it's just like us, like five. And everybody's like, everybody else is like not sitting down with this i'm like wanting to get up and like give my seat up like yeah. yo i know y'all gonna eat this shit like yeah the food was incredible <laughs> it pissed me off how good it was and i had no idea what was going on what is what what started this yeah how long have you been doing this shit dyke michaels so dyke michaels is a cook all right yeah and, and he's my roommate uh I don't, he, he probably have you ever met him i don't know okay well, was he here that day you know, he was not. He was on vacation, so I had to take over. Right. So I was uh, taking over for his spot. So I'm co-hosting this, and and I wanted to really focus on music. And so I was talking to Clint Breeze, and I was talking to Seth, and I was like talking about what like what he gives to the scene. I was like who who's someone in the scene that's doing something that you respect? He he mentioned you. I was like, oh yeah, if he if he wants to go bring ask him. Yeah. yeah. I was like that'd be great. And so like that's. That's how I got to know you because Seth introduced me to, and I, I went and watched you. So I was like, okay, yeah. I see this, I see you. <laughs> and so, like, we had that thing. But to imagine you to walk in, like, oh, Thad's gonna make some food, and we're gonna do a podcast. Like, okay, cool. And I have this whole crew. <laughs> well, bro, you were the only person that didn't cook, yeah. and it pissed me off because like, you're sitting there eating with us, and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> and yeah. then, like, bro brought out that chicken. It was like, um, it was like. I forget. I forget what the recipe was. It was just like chicken with like red beans and rice and shit. And I was like, bro, hell no. This is incredible. But yeah, when did you start the podcast? So Dyke Michael started it. Uh, he had... It was his first. His, you weren't a co-host yeah, yet. No. No, I wasn't even a co-host. He was just inviting people over. First, it started off with he wanted to get people in community going out to eat in the comedy scene and just having food at different brunch spots. Yeah. Um, it lasted twice, and people started falling off not going. He has a culinary background, so he's like, why don't I just cook this food? Mm. So he's like, how do I get comics to come over? He, he does his uh, little podcast. He does his podcast on his phone, invites people over, and makes food, made it like a, a dish. It started getting extravagant, and he gets up to five courses now. Yeah. Um, people that are a part of the team now are just people that just jumped on and liked what he was doing and saw. So, like, you know, hey, like, he had his friends help in, pitch in, and now we have this now. It, it evolved into this uh, where we have a crew. Uh, the Sauce Boss, you met Zach. Yeah. Uh, he, he had his own, you know, mustard line. You know, he had his own sauce line that he did all over Indianapolis, and, like, he interviewed him. They yeah. became, like, closer friends and started working together, and now he cooks. Now, I'm not a cook. I'm a comedian. Yeah, I moved in with Dyke and uh, and I saw all this going on. Like, and it was just growing. He just got this sound equipment, and I I like I just was like, hey, I will help out anyway. Like, I know you're doing your podcast. He had another co-host. I wasn't even doing that. He's like, but what I'm gonna do 
is everybody that's coming over, I'm just going to be a good host here in the living room. So I would hang out with them. I would, like, talk with them. And they would get a, a fun, you know, experience there. You know, we'd just joke around, and they'd go leave into the podcast and do their podcast. But I just try to host my butt off as hard as I could every time. Yeah. So, like to help the podcast feel like a better feel. I mean, you got a good energy about you. So I, I assume, you know, that that probably went over well every time. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, I got you, bro. Don't worry. Everybody here is going to be happy. What's the craziest shit that you've seen made? I saw, like, a couple of weeks ago, there was, like, a, just a fucking giant pile of shit. And, like, they'll pour cheese down it or Ooh, something. Yeah, that <laughs> giant burger. I was like, what the fuck? Man, I th- I, I'm going to go still with the cake. Uh, the meat cakes. We have a meat cake competition every year. Sounds disgusting. It's a. It's made out of beautiful meats. It's great. Like the. Like it's done by professional chefs. Describe they make a this meat cake. Wedding cake of meat, pretty much. Now that sounds gross, like a lot of meat. No, they they. It's cooked. It's cooked. Um, sometimes like it's ribs on the bottom. It's decorative. Uh, you get style points, so you you have to make it look good. Um, you got taste points, so it's got to taste good. Uh, so you use mashed potatoes as flour sometimes. You use a different. It's it's amazing. You got to look at it honestly on the Harder Brunch podcast right now. I mean, if you go to the Harder Brunch Instagram, you'll see um, all the different types of food. If you scroll down, you see the meat cakes, and you're like, oh, this looks actually delicious, or yeah, or whatnot. It was so we we sold out almost famous. We had a whole bunch of people come out and uh, eat our food. So like they judged it the town came out and tasted it people drove from ohio just to see like who was gonna win and like each year it's a different person what's the winner get so that you get the meat cake champion crown so like (laughs) so last year uh zach was the meat cake king and so like we we had to call him the meat cake king and we always addressed it like uh in episodes and now bridget she became the meat cake queen Hell or yeah. king, we call her king. Um, Shout out to Bridget. Yeah, she killed it. She had this big wedding cake. I'll show you afterwards. It was insane. So we do events like that, and that, like I think that's what's really cool about Harder Brunch. We get to be creative with each other. We're, we're comedians, and like Dykes a chef, and then we put events together. And then I've done other background stuff. So like when we put our minds together, you can make cool events and make everybody feel comfortable and have. A blast that things that they never even imagined before right you know and that's what we try to do that's awesome man that sounds fucking cool y'all do that shit every sunday every sunday that's insane i'd run out of shit to eat like or because i don't like to cook i don't like cooking a lot because i'm pretty like uh i've been on this fitness journey lately and so therefore like i've had to hypnotize myself to not want to have flavors in my mouth all the time so i don't crave anything like that anymore okay and then if i eat something i like really really appreciate it and i want to yeah. die with it you know yeah. but lately i've just been trying not to spend a lot of money so i just try not to want anything so every time i'm thinking about dinner i'm like i don't know i just don't know you know so every sunday to create something that sounds like we didn't just do that shit two weeks ago you know it sounds like hard i guess to <laughs> yeah. me I, I think so. Like, I have so much more respect for the culinary background. Like, if you have that, if you're a chef, if you're a cook, uh, shout out to you, salute to you, because you're doing big things. And I don't do it like that. I can cook a little bit, but I'm not doing it like Dyke does. And and I didn't even know there was that many types of foods. And 
there's a whole history of food like that he knows i'm like oh my gosh it's huge bro i respect it now yeah i was a, a fake foodie for a while you know? <laughs> well because like most of the content that i consume on tv lately has just been a bunch of like martial arts and you know ufc shit yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy shit like that but uh who's your ufc fighter by the way who's your favorite I want to say Adesanya, but I feel like that's just easy easy to say. I really like Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean. Um, dude, I like a lot of people. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. lie. I, I honestly. How uh, good would it be to go to the show there? Bro, it would be the best thing ever. Yeah. I would die. I want to do that. I'd be so fucking happy. We should talk to Seth and be like, let's 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 cover this. Bro, I'd be so fucking happy. You don't understand. Like, I sit there. I just sit around watching that shit all day yeah. and like. I think we're missing some shit right now, actually. Uh, yeah, Ortega fought Rodriguez today. I just like seeing people fight. I yeah. feel like it's like gladiator yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like I love it. it I, it's kind of impressive how how getting your ass beat doesn't kill you. Right, right, right. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they be fucked up, but yeah. they're like totally fine afterwards. And like yeah. dog shit beat out of them. It's kind of yeah. crazy. It is crazy. I yeah. used to wrestle. Yeah. Did you used to like do any sports? I tried boxing for a little while. Yeah. That's kind of it, though. It wasn't like I didn't get too far in that shit. Uh, I was training Muay Thai for like most of last year. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And I want to get back into it. And jujitsu is what I really want to do. But yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. got the time and the money yet. You know? Maybe you get, if you get a trainer. Yeah. Shout out to any trainers out there that want to do it for free. Right, right. <laughs> no, nah, for real, bro. I, I, I advertise the gym. Here's the thing, too. I want to be with a gym with people, you know, where the guys ain't getting their asses whooped, you know. Like, like I really, I want to learn more about that community as well. Yeah. One of, one of my real, you know, cool friends, shout out shout out my nigga, uh, Christian, man. Uh, he ended up passing away, so I joined the gym that he was at when, uh, nice. when we were, you know, being cool. He was talking about me joining, and he passed away, so... Um, yeah, shout out Christian Jones, man. But uh, when I get back into it, I'm, I'm really gonna try to dedicate as much time as I can to that shit. Yeah. But you know, I, I try to, I try to find. I, I have this weird thing about myself, right? When I see somebody that's really good at something, I kind of get like envious. That like, I'm like, damn, they put in ten thousand hours in that shit, and like. I, I hate learning new abilities at this point in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, for a minute, I really wanted to get into, like, 3D art. And I realized, like, nah, bro. Like, I, I, I don't have the yeah. time and dedication to learn that ability mm-hmm. right now, you mm-hmm. know? Or, like, fight. And I'm like, he's an amazing fighter. I wish I knew how to fight. Right. So I tried to get into it. I'm like, bro, there's no way in fucking hell. And so, like, anything that's like that, that's what I start getting into heavily. Mm-hmm. And so, like, food... And chefs and all that shit. I was like consuming that type of you know entertainment yeah. and uh, documentaries and shit because it's like a plethora. Of, there's so many of yeah. them, but also it's like you know I get to see people be so passionate about that, and yeah. then like people who made that their life. It pisses me off how many perks come with it. You know, they get to like travel around and like meet the biggest, coolest chefs and get fed like amazing shit and. Yeah. You know, they're like, I know this guy. Yeah. He taught me how to do this. They have like cool knife collections yeah. and pots and shit. It pisses me yeah. off. I'll be like, bro, yeah. part of me wishes I just was a chef, and then just like dedicated my life to that and just ate good, had techniques nobody knows, could impress all my friends. Oh man, I would yeah, I would love to be able to do something like that. I mean, I'd love to travel, like be a comedian that could travel and go to do like cooking shows, yeah, and bake offs. 
that shit sounds. See, the thing about like being a, a a musician, you know, you travel and they're always on tour, so they're like city to city to city on, yeah. on some like. It's I I I would imagine it doesn't feel like, you know, you get to vacation in those places, you know. Besides getting given like drugs and and money <laughs> to perform, you know, yeah. you're not gonna sit around and be like, I'm about to tap in with my boy. Yeah. You know, my now boy that, Enrique. Yeah. <laughs> now, honestly, now that you just say that, that's kind of what Harder Brunch feels like, except it's at the house. So, like, there's a different theme coming to you. Yeah. So you, like, so you don't have to feel that feeling of being lonely on the road. Like, I, I just can't wait to get home and be in my bed. No, you're in your bed. Like, we're throwing it out here in Indianapolis. So, so, so we got that travel channel cooking show right here in Indianapolis. And if you if you want to come and be a part of it, follow. Yes. You know, like, subscribe. We we got events for you to jump in and, and get some of this good food. So you're able to do it. You don't have to go to Taiwan. I don't know why I said that place first. <laughs> but I did. That that was just a, what I chose. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. No, I like it, bro. And honestly, you know, I seen the way y'all had it set up. And, like, the shit that I'm doing here with this podcast is, like, super minimal, you know. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of – I don't know how to grow it yet. Mm -hmm. So, but I just like trying to let it do its whole thing, you know. I try not to think too hard about shit. It'll do its thing. But like, I, I like when I came downstairs after eating all that food, and I see y'all set up, and y'all got like four cameras, and you know, actual good equipment. You know, like it's not just you doing it by yourself. You got all your friends with you. You know, green screens and shit in this bitch. And I was like, yeah, bro, that's that's definitely the dream. You know, even if like uh. You know, if that's what the 10,000 hours comes up to and I never, like, blow up with anything I'm doing, like, as long as I can see my dream uh, become, like, all right, this is everything that I wanted, so at least I have it now. Like, that's, that's the best, you know. That's what I think should be available for people who are dream chasers, you know, talking about, like, what we should get paid for and shit like that. Like, one day I want to start an organization that uh, just helps children get their first equipment for the shit that they need to create, you know. Like guitars. Yeah, like you know, mm. like... I was listening to the skateboarder, um, this skateboarder on uh, Andrew Santino's podcast, uh, Boo Johnson. He was talking about he's with uh, he skates for Dirty uh, Dirty Ghetto Kids. I think it's what's called DGK. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we were giving out skateboards, but he was like emphasizing like we gave out full skateboards, not just a deck. You know, yeah. like he's like we gave them exactly what they need to be skaters now. See, I love that so much. That's so important what you're talking about. And there's so many kids that have idle time. They don't have anything to put their energy into. Thanks. And so what you're talking about there, I like, I think a lot of people could get behind. And that's the problem. Like, people that have the money, they're not listening to the people sometimes that are on the ground yeah. doing it or seeing what need, the needs are. And, like, there's grants out there to do amazing things, and sometimes people... Just blow that money on whatever. Yeah, I mean, shit. <laughs> you know, well, people, because they're like, all right, I have all this money now. I told them that I'd put it towards uh, whatever the fuck. And they're just like, well, where do we find those people? Like, what do we do now? You know, and that's why I don't get into that type of, you know, shit. But I would love to, you know, I, I think about my mom's like, every, every nigga's a rapper. Everybody's a rapper. And I'm like, well, no, a lot of my friends are really, really good producers uh they're sound engineers they create mm -hmm. sound manipulate it and make actual mm -hmm. beautiful mm -hmm. work they've been doing mm -hmm. it since they were like 14 mm -hmm. and they could have been doing anything else on the planet but you know somehow they got a laptop with fl studios on it you know what i mean and that is that could become anything right now it's trap music but mm -hmm. you know you're looking at 
could be the next, you know, whatever the fuck. And this is just what they found so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I guess I'm just rambling now. <laughs> no, but no, but you're saying something that's true. It's like, man, like, pour out into that. Give some people time for whatever they are. Like, if you, sometimes if you hate on someone that's starting something new right away, you won't ever get to see what it grows into. Right. So that's right. why, sometimes that's why you can't be a hater. That's why it's, it's damaging. But also... You got to thank those haters because that's what actually pushes them. So if they're going to bloom into that flower anyways, they can stand some of that rain, some of that wind, because that's what makes them stronger. It's true. So it's, it's yin and yang. And then also, you know, I feel like you got to see some shit through, you know. Like for me, I don't have a bunch of shit for like my podcast yet, but I'm not going to stop doing them, even though I can't do it the way I want to do it yet. Because I imagine myself, if I have started Harder Brunch, I would have quit like years ago because in my head, I couldn't see the, the the studio downstairs having all the equipment we need. Shout out to Doc Michaels. Any co-host. Yeah. I couldn't see the kitchen actually full of chefs Man. and having events and shit like that. Like that is the hardest part is being like, this is going to work. You say it to a couple people and then you actually go through mm-hmm. with it and you live long enough for it to, I mean, not live, but like, you know, do it long enough for it to actually yeah. be what you imagine. And so I don't know. I, I want to like, I want my podcast to kind of be a way for people to be like all right fine i'll just go for it you know that's why i like mm-hmm. i talked to a comedian now today for the first time it's like geeked about it but you know yeah I'm, I'm just trying not to limit myself to any type of you know thing because i'm always into all of it but i want people to hear it and be like all right bet now i know where to go or yeah. what to do and what's popping and what's possible right man i, I say you know uh we we collab we get, you get collab with some people Right. And, and make that dream come true because I'm I'm telling you there's there's a lot of things I think we'll see with art in the future where people are going to partner with it and then you're going to see really beautiful things grow. We've done things systematic and we've seen things not work even in the system in our government whatever. Mm-hmm. But like more you partner with actual artists and people that have creative ideas, um, the more you're going to see things grow beautifully around us. Trust Hell me. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. This has been a great conversation, yeah, absolutely. bro. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Yeah, boy. man. Me too. You too, man. I guess we should fuck around and wrap it up. Um, can you tell people where to find content from you? Do you have specials and shit out? Do you you do anything like that? Guys, you can check my Netflix special out. It, <laughs> it will be coming out um two thousand right, right. twenty six. Right. Find me at, at Fab McKee. Um at Fab McKee, that's Instagram. Uh, you'll find my hard brunch there. You'll find my YouTube channel, Urgent Comedy, where I do some acting and do some videos. I'll show you a video right after this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it works. And then, uh, yeah, Twitter. That's that's all my handles. You guys can find me. Ask me. If you guys are actors and you guys want to uh, make something, write something, let me know. We do a lot of stuff on the after brunch, on harder brunch. So we like try to do a lot of game shows and ideas. We like to have fun. So if you like to have fun, please reach out. Um, and, yeah. and we'll collab. Yes, tap in with the boy. And thank you for listening once again. It's been bleeding out with Draco Motherfucker McCoy. I hope y'all tell somebody you love him today. Bye.